0: How are you doing today? It is great to see you. And a special welcome uh, to the kids we have with us who are normally in Discovery Village. I'm very grateful to see all of you. And uh, my name is Aaron, by the way. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And because we have kids in the room and because some of you were up pretty late last night and it hurts my feelings to have people fall asleep while I'm speaking, I'm going to try to keep this a little shorter than normal. So there you go. So it's 2023. Here we are, you made it, congratulations, and uh, this is one of those times of our lives where we kind of look back on the previous year. You know, I love seeing on social media those, uh, those things people put together where you get to see all the different pictures, you know, celebrating everything that happened through the year. So it's a time that we look backward, and it's also a time that we look forward. You know, this is one of those seasons where we set goals, we, we think about the hopes that we have for the next year. Some of us even make resolutions. I wonder if you're the type of person who makes New Year's resolutions. I, I have done this in the past. I've, you know, I've set some resolutions. thought I might share a couple of them with you. Uh, last year, for example, my resolution was to read through the Bible in a year. Anybody do this sort of thing? I'm almost done, okay, I'm very close, I'm at the very end. Uh, also in the past, a resolution I made was, uh, speaking of reading, to uh, read 100 books in a year, and I did it, it actually happened, it was the only thing I did that entire year, was just read, <laughs> didn't even, no, this is a joke, uh, but I did read the 100 books. Uh, another one a few years back, do you remember this thing, P90X, anybody do this? I actually did this one year, and just... You know, just for clarity's sake, that's not me. I know the face is a little shadowy, but you're like, maybe the abs, I'm not sure. No, not me. That's not me. I didn't look remotely like that even after finishing P90X. But uh, those are just uh, some of the resolutions that I've made uh, over the last few years. Uh, And I wonder maybe if you've had some, maybe you have one this year. But the question I have is just kind of why? Why do we do this? Why do we make resolutions? Why do we set goals for the year? And I think if we're honest, you know, deep down, I think we'd have to agree that we do this sort of thing because we want to see the next year be a little different. We want to look different. We want to have something different. We want to be different. And some of this is good. And some of this, I think, is rooted in something that's maybe not so good uh, because it's rooted in comparison, comparing ourselves to other people and going, you know what, I wish I was more like that. And truthfully, I think some of it is rooted in, in security. You know, for example, uh, those resolutions that I made, reading 100 books in a year, I have to confess that wasn't entirely motivated by an insatiable love of reading. There was this guy in my life who was a very strong leader, somebody I wanted to be more like, and he read a lot, and I just thought, you know, hey, maybe if I read 100 books, I can be uh, a better leader. Also, there's something about just, you know, the way people react when you say, well, I read 100 books. You know, it makes you feel kind of smart. But it was a little bit about comparing myself to another person. And this P90X thing, it's not entirely motivated by a love of working out. There's this thing called the dad bod, okay, in your 40s, it just starts kind of creeping up, and I wanted to look different. I I wanted to look more in shape and and, and stronger. And so uh, I think sometimes the goals that we set, the resolutions that we make are actually really about comparing ourselves to others and some of the insecurities that we have. And, And maybe for you, it's not a body insecurity, But maybe it is about money or status or something that somebody said to you that really bothered you and made you kind of make a vow never again. I I think a lot of the resolutions that we make are rooted in in insecurity and comparison. And the reason I want to talk about this is that I have this hope for you and this hope for me for 2023 that this year would be different that this would be a year that's not motivated by insecurities and comparison, but rather that because we understand what Jesus has accomplished for us and because we understand, I mean really understand, what Jesus is doing in us, that we might live this year differently, that we might experience something better and deeper and richer so we're going to spend some time in a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in the ancient city of Corinth. So here's a map uh, that shows uh, the Mediterranean area, and then Corinth is above me there in modern-day Greece. And uh, see, Corinth was a, had a very interesting culture. Corinth, what was it like in Corinth? Corinth was obsessed with status in comparison. The culture of Corinth was all about who had money and who didn't, and who had influence and power and who didn't, and who had a big, beautiful house up on the hill and who didn't. Corinth was a culture obsessed with status and comparison, so it was totally different than American culture. I mean, just totally Different. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, because of the culture of Corinth, that these new believers in Corinth were coming out of as they began to follow Jesus, they needed some extra coaching, some specialized discipleship from Paul. Because Paul was desperate for them to understand that when you have a relationship with Jesus, a connection with Jesus, it's supposed to transform the way that you think about yourself and the way that you think about Other people. And and the Corinthian believers, they struggled with this, like like many of us. And so, something that Paul wrote, by the way, two of the letters that we have in our New Testament were written from Paul to the people of Corinth, to these believers. We call them 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And so, we're going to be spending some time in uh, 2nd Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, this is where we read these words from Paul. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. He says, look, we don't think about ourselves, we don't think about people from a worldly, that is a cultural point of view. In other words, because of your connection with Jesus, just forget about money and status and the way that you look. Forget about all these things as a way of determining value and worth. Forget about that because Jesus has something powerful to say about who you are and what you're meant to live for. Jesus wants to transform your identity and your purpose. And the Corinthian believers needed to hear this. And my suspicion is that many of us need to hear it as well. And I'm just trying to say that the year 2023... I don't want this to be a year where we are motivated by insecurity and comparison. I want this to be a year where we really dig into what God is doing in our lives, identity and purpose. This year could be a very special year for us if we really embrace what God has done and is doing in us. So just, just two-part conversation today. Again, I'm going to try to keep things a little shorter. Uh, two parts, identity and purpose. And so we'll jump in by talking about identity. Paul has some things to say to these Corinthian believers about who they are, and this is important for us as well. In verse 17 of chapter 5, we read this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here, He says, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is a believer, if anyone has placed their faith in Christ, has been rescued and saved by Christ, then something has happened and something is happening. New creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Now, what's this about? My favorite part of the Bible is the end. The book of Revelation, where in the final chapters, we get this vision of the future where Jesus returns to this planet and he brings about a new creation, a restoration. And what I love about this is that everything that is wrong with this planet is wiped away. And so hatred is gone, sin is gone, pain, tears, cancer, war, racism, all erased and removed. And this new creation comes where all is good and right and beautiful. And that, my friends, if you are in Christ, is the future that we have in front of us because of what Jesus has done and is going to do. But here's something important for our conversation today. That new creation that will someday happen, it has come early in you. If you are in Christ, if you are a Jesus follower, we read Paul saying, therefore you Our new creation, the new has come right now, meaning that right now God is doing a new creation work in you, in your heart and in your life, and he's bringing goodness and he's bringing rightness and wholeness and beauty within you. And this reminds me uh, of a movie. (laughs) There's a movie, I think, that really illustrates this nicely. How many of you have seen that Disney Pixar movie Wall-E? You know what I'm talking about with the little robot? Okay, if you haven't seen it, I'll just give you the super crash course version of this. It takes place in the future. Okay, planet Earth is pretty much wrecked. Uh, There's so much trash everywhere. The air has become toxic. People can no longer live on the planet. So all the people climb in the spaceship. The spaceship goes somewhere into outer space, and they just live out there. And all that's left on the planet is this little robot named Wally and his pet cockroach. And Wally just spends every day, all day cleaning up trash because that's what he was made to do. And that's the story. Until one day something special happens, Wally discovers this. It's an old boot with a green plant growing out of it. And the idea is this represents hope. It represents restoration and re creation because the earth is beginning to heal, plants can grow, and so the people can come back to earth and live on earth as they were meant to live. And that's basically the story of Wally. Now, regardless of what you think about the, you know, environmental message behind the movie and all of that, I think that this movie gives us great symbols for what is true about life. Number one, our planet really is badly broken, And number two, this image of this old boot with a green plant growing out of it, a symbol of hope and restoration and recreation. Friends, that is you, and that is me, if you are in Christ. You are that old boot with a plant growing out of it because God is bringing his new creation work in you. And this is so important because what this means for us is fresh start, clean slate, new identity. Your identity, if you are a Jesus follower, part of that is that you are a new creation. And this could transform your life. And the problem is that so many of us are being defined by something else something else in our experiences in our experience is defining us more than what god is doing in us and i don't know what that is for you but it might be comparison just since you were a kid maybe it started with an older brother or sister or somebody at school but it's just okay i'm not as smart as them not as good looking as her. I'm not as talented as that person. I'm not as successful as them. And you have carried that with you throughout your life and you compare yourself to other people. And maybe that makes you feel small or maybe it's the opposite. And you go, I'm smarter than them. I have more money than her. I'm more successful than him. And both versions of this comparison thing are destructive. Something else is defining so many of us. Maybe it's not comparison for you, but maybe it's insecurity. You just don't feel confident in your body. You don't feel confident in relationships. You don't feel confident when you speak. You don't feel confident in your career. Insecurity is defining many of us unfortunately for some of us it's a wound something that was said to you something that was done to you and maybe it was years ago but you carry that pain with you and it shapes how you think about yourself and how you feel about yourself and how you engage people in your life in others of us it's it's a failure Something we did, a mistake we made, a sin we committed. And though maybe it's way in the past, every time you think about that, it just you feel dirty, you feel shame. And all I'm saying is that many of us, this is what is defining us and shaping our identity. And so I want you to listen deeply to the words of Paul. If you are in Christ, new creation has come. The old is gone and the new has come. This doesn't define you anymore if you are in Christ. His new creation is at work within you. He's rewriting your story giving you a new identity. In fact, we need new words because of what Jesus has done and is doing. Instead of being defined by comparison, we can be defined by contentment because in Christ, you are enough and Christ is enough for you. He can satisfy all your needs. And instead of insecurity, security There is no more secure place in the universe than being the child of God. Because scriptures tell us that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And no one could snatch you out of his hand. You are so secure in your identity in Christ. Instead of that wound defining you, how about the healing of Jesus? When we read through the gospel stories, the, the biographies of Jesus' life, he goes around healing people physically, emotionally, spiritually, and friends, Jesus is still in the business of healing people, and many of us have experienced that. and then that failure. The thing about the cross is God is forgiving us of all of our failures. You are clean in the sight of God. There's another word we could use here too, victory. Because of the Holy Spirit empowering you, you can experience victory over the sins that plague you. You see, God is doing something in you and it's called new creation and this brings about a brand new identity. And so my hope for us, my prayer for us, is that as we stand on the edge of a new year, that 2023 would not be another year where all your motivations come from comparison and insecurities, but rather that you would embrace this work that God is doing in you and embrace this identity that you have in Christ. Because if you do, it could empower you to the most free year that you've ever experienced. Your identity propels you into freedom, and not just freedom, something else as well, purpose. And so this is the second part of our conversation today, It's just talking about the purpose that we have in Christ. Paul says, all this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Understand that your, your identity as a new creation is all from God. It has nothing to do with your worthiness, your qualification, your goodness. No, it's a gift because God is reconciling us to himself. What does that mean? He's bringing peace. He's restoring relationship. He's taking enemies and making them friends. He's bringing harmony once again. This is what Jesus accomplished through the cross. It's the central thing that God is doing in the world. And Paul says that whole thing about reconciliation, God gave that ministry to us. It's like he's entrusting us with what he did. Now go tell people about what I am doing. This idea is so important that Paul repeats himself a couple times in the, in the following verses. <clears throat> he says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, that is forgiveness, And here we go. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. This idea that Jesus gave his life to reconcile people, it's like God is saying, now take that message. I'm entrusting it to you. I'm committing it to you. Go live it out and go tell people about it. And then Paul gives us a very, very helpful image with this idea. He says in verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us, as if he was speaking through us. We are his ambassadors. This, this idea of being an ambassador is, is so critical. And we know what an ambassador is, right? A political ambassador represents and speaks for one country to another country. So the United States, we have ambassadors in all kinds of different countries all over the world. They represent the government of the United States. They speak on behalf of the government of the United States. That's an ambassador. But these days, we talk more about brand ambassadors, right? People who represent different brands that that are so embody the, the brand that they can like speak for the brand. And I think... I think a lot of you could be a brand ambassador for one brand or another. I mean, just an example, Starbucks. Listen, I've seen you there, okay? You walk in, they already know your name, they already know your drink, you have the app. You could be a brand ambassador for Starbucks. Others of you, Apple products, you've got the phone, you've got the iPad, you've got the watch. You have 100 old power cords from all the other devices, and they all have different ends? Why does Apple keep changing it? All the teenagers in the room and watching online could be Carhartt brand. I, I don't know how this happened. Suddenly, Carhartt is like the coolest brand. Did you know this? Ask your teenager. I mean, it's the coolest thing. Or how many of you kids got a Lego set for Christmas? All right, yes, that's what's up. How, you, you would love to be a brand ambassador for Lego, right? And all the dads were like, and actually me, I would. I mean, the truth is, dads actually want Lego sets for Christmas. And we love it when our kids get Lego sets because we're like, yes, they're gonna need my help putting that together. All I'm saying is that many of us could be a brand ambassador for one of these or some other brand out there. Now, here's a crazy, crazy idea. What if... Jesus showed up and asked you to be his brand ambassador. Wouldn't that be crazy? It's not crazy because that's essentially what he did. Paul says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. That's what we are. As if he were making his appeal through us. You see, what God wants to do through you is he wants you to represent him in the world. And he wants you to speak for him. It's like, I I have done this thing through the cross, he says. Reconciliation, now take that message and live it out. The new creation work that I'm doing in you and in your heart, live that out. Represent me and share that message with the people around you. He wants us to be his Ambassadors, what we're talking about here is an incredible purpose. Because God has given us, entrusted to us, the most important message in the world. And He's called us into this incredible purpose of being His representatives in our families and in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces ambassadors of Christ. And so let me ask you a challenging question. Where do you think God is asking you to be his ambassador? To represent him? To share his message? I mean, we have a lot of students. Maybe God is asking you to be his ambassador in your school or on your team, in your choir. Parents what would it look like to really lean into this role of being Christ's ambassador with your kids? To really focus on cultivating faith in the hearts of your children? Or perhaps for you, it's a, it's a, it's a specific person that comes to mind. You just go, I, I think God wants me to be his representative in their life. It's your sister in law, it's somebody at work that's like two cubes down new family that just moved into your cul-de-sac. But where do you think God is asking you to be his ambassador? And so all I've been trying to say here is that my hope for you and for me is that 2023 would not just be like every other year, where if we're honest, our goals and our hopes and our resolutions are are motivated by comparing ourselves with other people and the insecurities that we carry, but rather that we would really set our minds on what God has accomplished through Christ and what he's doing in our hearts, how he's given us a new identity and how he's called us to this incredible purpose. Because if we lean into these things, I just believe that 2023 could be an amazing year for us and for our church. So as I uh, wrap up here, I want to tell you what's coming up next. Because the next series that we're jumping into here at Ada Bible Church, I think is a great next step, honestly, from this conversation. So here's the series. It's called The Questionable Life. So next week, Pastor Jeff is going to kick this thing off, and, it, and it's a study of 1 Peter. And the idea really behind this series is, what does it look like to live the kind of life that causes people to ask questions, the questionable life? Questions like, how do you live with such hope? I mean, in the world that we're living in today, how do you live with such hope? and that it might create opportunities for us to talk about our relationship with Jesus and what God is doing in our lives. Really, this is, this is a series about being an ambassador for Christ in our world. And so I hope you're able to join us next week as we kick this thing off. I think it's going to be a great series for our church. So uh, as we close, I would love to pray for you. Heavenly Father, as we stand at the uh, beginning of another new year, God, we just pause to remember what you have done for us, how you have reconciled us to you, how you are reconciling the world. And God, we remember this incredible identity that you've given us. And God, we want to respond and step into this purpose that you have called us to. And God, I do just ask for my brothers and sisters here, your family, this church, that you would bless them and their families in 2023. God, we love you. We're grateful for you. We honor you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here, especially you kids. It was so fun to hang out with you today. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next weekend.